Welcome to the Episcopal Church of the Redeemer's Sermon Podcast. The readings appointed for this sermon are from the book of the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 17, verse 22 through 24, Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 6 through 17, the gospel according to Mark, chapter 4, verse 26 through 34, and Psalm 92, verse 1 through 4 and 11 through 14. Open our minds, warm our hearts, but also bend our wills, for we seek to hear your word. Amen. Amen. The women in my family have a somewhat complex and vastly different experience when it comes to planting seeds. My oldest sister is a horticulturist. She, spent most, she spends most of her waking hours cultivating, planting, and tending to seeds in various stages of their little lives. She curates elaborate gardens and pots tiny sprigs in the greenhouse near her home. I am frequently taking pictures on walks of trees and flowers and texting them to her to ask what they are. Partly because I'm a curious person and partly because I remain unencumbered by the reality that I cannot fit every native species of Ohio into my tiny yard in Pleasant Ridge. Our middle sister, likes to buy pretty flowers at Lowe's and hopes that she won't have to deal with them very often. Her yard is beautiful. She doesn't know the names of the flowers, but they make her smile and that's good enough for her. She's always searching for the joy in it. My mom grew up in the country but never had green thumbs. I admire her very, very messy garden. It is wild and free. She is happy to harvest anything that my sisters and I plant there, but she herself only plants cherry tomatoes (laughs) because she just can't imagine a summer morning where she doesn't gather those little sweet 100s. And me, well, seeds have made me do some crazy things in my life. If I haven't told you before the story of my encounter with U.S. Customs, the time I tried to bring several pounds of wild red rice home from the Philippines, I have a story for you. (laughs) I'm also classically known for planting way more than I probably should and then running around the neighborhood just trying to find someone who will eat all of this kale. Now in my mother's garden, there is a little sign, words etched in stone that read, who plants a seed beneath the sod and waits to see, believes in God. I don't know where it came from, and normally I kind of roll my eyes at seemingly cheesy expressions of faith. 
but something about its placement makes me love it. If it were in my older sister's garden, it would probably seem inauthentic. If it were in my middle sister's garden, it would seem generic. And if it were in mine, it would seem evangelical, and that would scare the Episcopalians, so we don't put it there. But in my mother's garden, the one that is wild and free, with all the weeds growing in it, a conglomeration of cuttings from heirloom plants and pretty flowers from one daughter and hardy trees from another and exotic ground coverings from another and veggies to feed our friends and some flourishing throwaways that we rescued from the flower dump down the street. Among all of these, there, in that place, the sign makes sense. Because that garden looks a lot like the world, and that's where God is. Today's readings, and in fact, today's liturgy for baptism, are about planting seeds. The prophet Ezekiel reminds us that God is a great grafter, able to take something tiny and make it grow and flourish. A sprig made into a noble cedar under which every kind of bird can live and nest in its branches. I find it so fitting that the mother of our candidate for baptism read this reading this morning. Even the psalmist sings of this imagery. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. They shall bear fruit in old age. Now, it's hidden somewhat in Paul's letter, like a parable, but it's there. For planting, like death and like baptism, it is about burying something old so that something new can grow. And in our gospel lesson, a sower plants a seed beneath the sod. They wait to see as they believe in God. It is unlike the parable of the sower that we hear in the Gospel of Matthew. In the one we heard today, the sower is also the reaper, but I'm going to excuse you all from my theologizing of the entire exegetical exposition on that today. What's important here in this Gospel lesson is the parallel it makes with the words of Ezekiel from the Hebrew scriptures. The mustard seed, a tiny little thing that grows and flourishes so that all the birds of the air can make their home there. We are reminded 
that God gives growth to seeds that are nurtured by welcome and unencumbered by exclusive ideas of who is in and who is out. A sun that shines on the righteous and the unrighteous, rains that water the weeds along with the wheat. This is the God we have. And the gospel reminds us that we are all together in God's garden. That birds of every kind rest in the shade of God's kingdom. And today, we plant a new little sprig in the garden, the garden that we call the household of God. Today, Eliza Jane will remind us all that wise curated gardens and pretty discount flowers and rescued throwaways and over-eager planters and wild, unkept plots are all welcomed expressions of the love and growth that God has to give. We all live the gospel in our own unique way, and we can't wait to see how Eliza does that in her life. Today, Eliza reminds all of us that when we strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being, and when we seek and serve Christ in all people, and when we proclaim the good news by word and example, when we love our neighbors as ourselves, this is when God's garden grows. Today we plant a seed beneath the sod. We wait to see, and we believe in God. Amen.